Okay, welcome to the Catholic Sportsman Show. And before we get started with our guest, Kellen Clemens, we always want to begin with a prayer. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit down upon all of us in our conversation today. And we just thank you for another year of life and just bless us and strengthen us in all of um, our aspects of 2023 upcoming that you want us to face and walk through. And for all this and for our conversation today, we ask Our Lady's intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, God pray, for, pray us for us sinners, sinners now, now and, and at the hour death. of our death. Amen. Amen. Saint Sebastian, patron saint of Christian athletes. Pray, pray for, for us. Blessed Carlo Cutis, patron technical saint of the Catholic Sportsman Show. Pray for us. Pray for us. Name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen. All right, Kellen. Hey, it's great to sit down and talk with you, but we want to introduce you uh, to all of our listeners before we get started. So Kellen is uh, currently the board chair and athletic director of Poor to Christ in Idaho, and he's married and he has four children. And he played uh, 12 seasons in the NFL as a quarterback and was also a quarterback for the Oregon Ducks. So the Oregon Ducks part. That Oregon Ducks part seems like a very, very long time ago. Yeah. But yeah, thank you. I, I'm I'm blessed to be here. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Sure. Free time. Our pleasure. I was going to ask you, please share some background about yourself in the intersection between your faith and sports in your life. Well, it's a really good, yeah, it's a really good question, Randy. The, um, I mean, what um, Paul has already kind of talked a little bit about just my background a little bit. I grew up actually on a on a cattle ranch in eastern Oregon, um, small little cow town called uh, Burns, Oregon, uh, just the center of the universe um, in uh, in my mind. Um, but um, uh, grew up in a in a wonderful family. I was very blessed. I have four little sisters, um, and uh, and what we did growing up, we had. We did our faith, um, we did the ranch, and we did sports, and that was that was my childhood um, growing up. I'm it's very fortunate. I've got an uncle that's a priest, um, and a great uncle who's a priest, great aunt who's a nun, and my grandma um, on my dad's side. Um, we would call her Mother Teresa because she is she is as close to a saint I think as I've as I've met. So um, faith was always always a big part of of my life growing up. And then obviously, as Paul said, went on to play, <clears throat> was fortunate to play football at the university of Oregon for five years and then got drafted and played 12 years in the NFL primarily as a backup, but, um, but still was a great journey and something that I'm, um, uh, just was very fortunate to, to be a part of, of my life. Um, got married along the way just before my senior year in college, um, uh, to a woman that is way out of my league in almost every way. Um, and, uh, and because of that, we have, uh, four beautiful children who, um, are, um, 
fortunately in most ways take after their mother. And uh, so we're, we're very fortunate. Our kids go from 14 all the way down to four um, in age. And, um, and we're living up in North Idaho um, trying to just do our best every day. Um, as far as the intersection of sports and faith, um, it's always been, it's always been my approach. You know, your faith should intersect with every aspect of your life, right? It should intersect with, you know, where you're, as your parenting, um, as you're, you know, being a spouse, certainly sports was, was what I did for a long time. Um, and I think that specifically speaking to how, um, my faith intersected with my athletic career, um, it was always instilled in me at a very young age um, to to remain humble. Two things: one was to remain humble, um, and and as you're as you become more and more talented through years and years of practice, and you get some of the accolades, and people start saying things that oftentimes aren't true. Some of them good, some of them not, and but still often aren't true. Um, it was it was it was my faith that really kept me grounded in that experience, and I and I've. I've seen some athletes where that oftentimes maybe isn't the case. Um, I had um, Chad Pennington was, um, was the starting quarterback in New York when I got drafted and um, Chad and I to this day are good friends. Um, I think so highly of him as a person, as a husband, um, as a professional. Um, But one of the, he said one of the more impactful things to me um, very early on in my career as we were talking about football, because the national football league, especially and college, you know, even has, has changed since I was there, but the national football league is a business and it can, it can chew you up and spit you out in a heartbeat. And I think for a lot of people, their identity is centered around what they're doing in, in athletics, whether that's football, basketball, it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, but Chad said some things, said one thing, he said a lot of things, but he said one thing to me that has always stuck with me. He said, listen, <laughs> he said, listen, young fella, he always called me young. He said, listen, young fella, mm-hmm. um, this is what you do. This is not who you are. And and that really grounded me, I, I think kind of recentered me at that point in my career. And, 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 and it brought me back. And it's one of the things that I try to impart to young people when I do a camp or do a talk or do anything to this day like who you are is a son and daughter of Christ. And that's where your foundation should lie. That's, that's, um, that's your identity. You know, what you do is going to change, but, um, and in that regard, um, you know, that was everything feeds off of that foundation or at least should, I'm certainly not perfect, but in, 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 if you're doing it right, it should feed off of that foundation. And so, you know, for me, there's, there's a lot of highs and lows in athletics, you know, some great wins and some great performances. There's some, there's some bad games, some bad performances. And I think staying centered when you're, when you're blessed as we are to have the faith that we have staying centered and knowing where the, what, what cornerstone we're building on um, is critical. And I leaned on that throughout my whole life. Don't get too high, high in the highs or low in the lows. Try to stay just consistent um, as um as you can. So that's, that was it. That was, that was how I relied on it throughout my entire career and and continued to rely on it to this, to this day. Well, great advice for for sons (laughs) and daughters of God. That's the primary Mm -hmm. uh, identity for sure. Well, Kellen, you, you were able to play, like you said, at the highest level of football and the pros 
and you so you saw high school, college. What was the most important important characteristic that you noticed that would make a team successful? And how does that characteristic carry over into your school that you started and and our faith journey as well? You know, the thing that I appreciated more and more with every year I was able to play, starting even high school, going through college and then the NFL, was how critical true and authentic leadership really is. Um, And and. It's not always the most talented team that wins. It's the best team. Um, and and I saw that. I was on teams that were, you know, maybe on paper were, were not the most talented. And we won a lot of games. And I was on teams that on paper you're like, this team is unbeatable. And, and we lost a lot of games. Um, and all of that, I think, ends up coming back to leadership from the coordinators to the head coach, especially, and even ownership when you're talking about the National Football League. Um, but that how critical that position is and how those how, how the people in that position and those leadership positions treat um, other team members, um, treat you know other staff members, um, really makes or breaks a team. And 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 I did some work <clears throat> um you know, as I've gotten out of playing and I'm transitioning and have transitioned into more of a, you know, non-athletic professional career. Um, I, I've seen that in some of the, in some of the, um, companies and, and other people that I've just met and visited with and learned about their businesses, learned about their teams, learned about their organizations. That leadership element is absolutely, is absolutely critical. Um, and, and I think that that plays over one of the things that we've seen, unfortunately, in our faith is a real absence of fathers. Um, what, you know, in, you know, especially in the church pew on Sunday, um, being there and that, that leadership, position is so critical and it's shared between, you know, mom and dad, God willing, you've got both in the home. Um, but it's, it's so critical in a culture right now that is trying to absolutely emasculate men. It is so critical for fathers to step up and embrace that role, that leadership role for their families. Um, so it, 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 again, it just, it, it, it carries over athletics you know, just professional um, organizations, other professional organizations, and all the way into just into your home. That leadership is a leadership position. Doing it right, doing it for the right reasons, is absolutely critical. Because yeah, in the family and, and in our business, the, the leadership proclaims the values, and that just kind of cascades down, and everyone buys in, and then it's a smooth running. <clears throat> it sets the culture. Yeah, sets the culture. That's the. That's the spot behind the wheel that steers the whole ship. And if it's, if it's wrong, it, whew, yeah. it's, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not good. As you're talking about being a leader as a quarterback and leader of the offense, what is the most challenging aspect of that mm. position? Mm. Wow. That's a, that's a, most challenging aspect of, of playing the quarterback position and from a, especially from a leadership perspective, I, you have to put so much more time. It's just the time required um, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I talked just a little bit when you're talking about leadership, I mean, you have to be able to connect with each member of your unit. 
they have to trust you. You have to build that trust with them um, so that you can trust them. Um, and I think the other thing too, Randy, is that the quarterback position, and I'm, I'm not just saying this because I played it, but I think, I do think it's one of the toughest, if not the toughest position in sports, because you have 10 other guys out there with you and you have to know everything about everybody and what they're doing and what their job is on any given play. And that can change just by the defense shifting or, you know, there are very subtle things that the defense can do that can switch the job role or that can switch the job of 10 other people. And you have to know what all of that is going to is, you know, what, how that affects every member of your unit. Um, so from, to answer your question, really, it's, it's the, the mental, the mental work that has to go into that position just to be ready to play um, and ready to lead because people, as we talked about leadership, people don't, they're not going to follow people that don't know what to do. They're, they're just not. Um, and so that's number one is knowing, knowing your job and then knowing the jobs of everyone on your unit. Um, and then, you know, it's much more, it, and then the next, the next step that you have to take is then being able to connect and form relationships with all those people. And that's why the NFL is so beautiful because it's so diverse in, you know, the locker room. If you're the starting quarterback, you got it. You got 53, six, maybe 65 other guys, and you have to be able to develop a personal connection with each one of them. If you want to just focus on your unit, you've still got 30 guys. Some of them are from Florida, some of them are from, you know, Montana, Texas, and they've all got different experiences and you need to be able to work through and connect with each one of them so that they know that you care about them more than just, can you run fast? Can you catch? Can you block well? More than just what they're going to give you, that you have to be able to connect with them on a deeper level, so that, um, so that they trust you and they and they want to and they want to play for you, um, they want to play with you. Um, so that's those are the, that's the that's the most challenging aspect of the quarterback position, in my opinion, based on my experiences. They just have to buy into your leadership and say, okay, yeah, here we go, we're moving forward, and yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a, the, by default, and this isn't just athletics, there's a certain amount of leadership and respect that is given to a position by default. If you are the quarterback, you should have a certain amount of leader. If you are the president of a school or a corporation, there is a certain amount of leadership that is just given to you by default by position. But that's going to go one way or another based on how you act and how you behave and how you um deliver day in and day out it's you're either going to increase or you're going to decrease and and that i think is where it gets is where those that are truly called to those positions really start to stand out and excel because you know it it's not for everyone unfortunately leadership is is it's not for everyone and that's okay um but anyway those are my those are just my my two cents and my experiences on it that sounds great so uh, recently we, we saw on TV, you know, the Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin was, was hurt and it was just, you know, quite beautiful. I mean, the sense that people were praying for him and he seems like he's covering quite well, which is fantastic news. Um, what, what was your um, take on all that and, and seeing all the teams praying and all the people praying and the ESPN analysts praying and the quarterback saying the other day, you know, God is real, right? Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, 
first of all, it was a scary moment. It was a very scary moment. I wasn't yeah. watching the game. My son was actually watching the game and came in. I was like, dad, you got to see this. Um, and uh, so to be able to watch it in live time and hear Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and then I think um, obviously, yeah, Josh Allen has said things. Dan Orlovsky, you know, prayed on TV the other day. It's a lot of things that I think culturally and from a you know societal pressure right now, people are getting canceled or you know that's being frowned upon praying in public, and obviously, you know, God is getting pushed out of the picture in in far too many ways. But when it's it was it was beautiful to see that I can't say that it surprised me um, in every locker room. There are a lot of men of faith. There really are, you know, Catholics and Christians alike, but there are, there are a great population of, of each locker room that are men of faith. And um, so it doesn't surprise me to see that amount of people um, take a knee and to really, you know, when the, when the chips are down, I think you put, you put your best cards on the table. And that was obviously a situation that required, um, an immense amount of prayer and he got it. And the, the recovery by him, I, I'm no expert, but the recovery by him has been remarkable from, yeah. you know, to watch him fall. And then to see now that he just got discharged, I think from the Buffalo hospital, I think yeah. to, as far yeah. as I know, I mean, he's, I, I, I don't, I can't imagine him playing in the playoffs, but, um, but just, it's, it's really kind of a small miracle to see this, but, um, to your point, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was inspiring. I think for, to, to, to see that and to see people um, really maybe even buck some of the pressures um, that are being, that are, you know, being placed on all of us really um, externally to, to, to turn away from what we know to be the truth. And, um, and so it was really, I'm, I'm really glad to see, to see that, that people still had that courage. Right. And thank God we'll just continue to pray for his recovery. It's just amazing that he's yeah. getting better so quickly. Yeah. So so pivoting uh, to now back to the uh, Christ, um, Cour de Christ Academy, um, can you tell us about how that all came about and, and how are things going so far? This is really exciting to see your website. I Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time to get on. It's um Court of Christ was born just out of a a need. To be honest, we moved up to Coeur d'Alene. It's been about a year and a half ago, and um, obviously we've got four kids. And um, you know, high school is we've we've homeschooled and we've gone to parochial schools. Um, and um, but I I know that there's we we're home and we're homeschooling currently. But I know that there's there is math that is on the horizon that I can't do. <laughs> I just can't do. Um, and um, one of the things that we have always wanted, just speaking with my wife and I, is to have that same community that we have experienced up here from a from a faith perspective of adults and other families. But we wanted that for our children um, to be able to have a truly Christ centered high school, you know, that is not your traditional high school experience of what maybe many of us, um, kind of went through. Um, and, uh, so it was just born of a need. It was just a bunch of families that got together and said, we, we need to have a high school up here that can serve these young Catholic, um, men and women and, uh, give them a place where they can practice their faith beautifully um and uh and be able to grow together spiritually um and uh you know as you mentioned i'm I'm the athletic director we've got we do have sports um and uh but it's it's been beautiful we opened 
we opened with 26 kids. This started in April, just the idea of, you know, and really not the idea, but there's been the idea of trying to have a high school up here for a very long time. Um, but there's a group of parents that got together um, and really started to put the pedal to the metal in April. And we opened in September. Um, and uh, it's a short, it's a very, it's a very short timeline. Um, but um you know, we've been fundraising like crazy. Um, obviously, you know, private schools um, are, you know, never generally operating. It's a, it's not a for-profit business. I know that much. Um, and uh, so we've been fundraising like crazy. We've got a really big event in, uh, in March, but um, we're a classical academy. Um, we are, we are private and independent um, <clears throat> and um, um, opened with 20, 26 kids, I believe. And on September 7th, a bunch of just beautiful families that saw what we were trying to accomplish and, and really bought in. Um, and then, um, and then we've now grown, we're over, we're over 30 kids now, and, uh, we'll just continue to grow at a rate that the Holy spirit wants us to. But from the start, it's been, it's been a lot of prayer, a lot of work and just asking for the Holy Spirit's guidance in this. We're just trying to serve the youth as best we can. And, and um, it's a bunch of parents that just really care. It's an amazing group. It really is. We talked a little bit before um, coming on about that community up here and what we had wanted to, what we were searching for um, and to watch these parents. I mean, it's parents, it's grandparents, it's people that we hadn't even met that just kind of, we had one gentleman who wandered into the school. That doesn't sound right. Who wandered onto campus mm -hmm. and, and just said, I love what you guys are doing. I'm here to help. What can I do? And he wow. just, we call him St. Joseph because his name is Joe. We call him St. Joseph because he just, he doesn't want to dine. He just wants to serve and be a part of the mission. And it is so incredibly beautiful what is happening. Um, and to watch the fruits, even in the first you know, through the first semester of what these kids are doing and the impact that they're having on one another um, and on the community is is amazing. Um, we had a, obviously, you know, this is the Catholic sportsman. So um, we had a volleyball team, inaugural volleyball team um, in the first year that did really, really well, predominantly freshmen and sophomores. Um, and they did really, really well. Um, a wonderful woman named Natalie Kiefer is coaching them and it just was um, amazing. And then um, we've got a boys basketball team that is right now seven and two um, and, uh, and doing really good. And, and varsity var to play varsity our first year um, and to be able to compete at that level has been um, very rewarding. And these boys are working their tail off. Don Slater, their coach is doing a fantastic job with them. And, um, um, and so it's been, it's been fun to watch, but that's that community element. I mean, you guys, you guys won't be up here, but you come to a game and then, the kid, the student section, it's small right now with 30, you know, 30 plus kids, but the student section is stomping and clapping and the parents are there and the gym is rocking. And, and it's, it's really a beautiful thing to, to be a part of. It really is. It seemed like you already have buildings already and you're hoping to expand, but there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a group of, of, there were a group of families that, again, it's just, it's, it's just putting, chips on the table. It really is. I mean, and there's a group of families that just went all in and we, um, the school is fortunate enough that they, they went in and bought 
a building downtown. Um, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful building. It's actually has a chapel with it and then the school yeah. and, a um, and kind of a banquet hall. Um, and, um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It really is. It is, it's, it's been, and it, it's, it has not been without its fair share of adversity. Um, you know, the enemy does not, is not a fan of what we're doing. And, sure. um, so there have certainly been roadblocks that have been, that have come up, but, I, I tell you the the beautiful thing about this is that every time one door has closed, um, through nothing other than the Holy Spirit, another door that we didn't even know existed has opened that has been even better, and and it's been a truly just remarkable. It's been a remarkable experience. There's been there's been two times in my life where a lot of times we look in hindsight and I'm like, I can see God's plan in that. Now I now I can see it, right? In hindsight. There's been two experiences in my life where I'm like living it in real time and I get I get God bumps. Um even just talking about, but in real time, I can be like, I can see the work of the Holy Spirit like in live time right now. And this is the second one. This is absolutely we, we, as, as parents, the, the teachers, the faculty, the staff, the, the board members and the whole community are, we're working our tail off. Um, but we know this is not about us. This is about these kids and the, and the will of the Holy spirit and just trying to do our part in the process. Amen. Yeah. Fantastic. As you're going to ask, as you're talking, you sound like a, very, very, very busy guy. You got the school, you got the family, you got your faith. How do you juggle, juggle it all? Uh, you know, to be honest, Randy, it's juggling all of it is probably an area in 2022 that I need to be better at um, because there is a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, and for the school specifically, I mean, as we know, year one of anything is just is hard and it's a grind as we as we've gotten systems in place. Things are, you know, every every week, every month, um, things run smoother. Um, and um, so so that will the the effort and the time commitment, I think they're, you know, starting a sports program. We didn't have jerseys. We didn't have balls. We didn't, we didn't have, we didn't have anything. Um, and, and, um, so everything in year two will hopefully be easier, um, or at least a little bit more systemized. Um, and then, um, but there's, there's a, a lot of opportunities for me to probably consolidate my commitments and, and, and be a little bit more efficient with my time, to be honest, because, um, you know, there are sacrifices when you're, when you're working on a project, like starting a school, um, there's a lot of commitments. There's a lot of time away from home. And, um, so I think between, and my wife was a huge part of the school as well as a team effort, certainly in our home and with the greater community. Um, but, um, I think that, that 2023, hopefully as we get into this, it'll be, we're, we're going to return to more of a sense of normalcy and try to balance it because there are sacrifices that have to be made sometimes when you're, when you're away from the house or working on a project of that magnitude. Is is there any is, is there any, any similarities to being away from your family, playing on a football team, and doing what you're doing now? Um, 
there's there are some similarities. The football the football stuff was um, it was much more regimented. You know, it was much more. Um, I was told where to go, where to be, um, what time to be there, and you know, in many cases, even what to be wearing. Um, and and the work that we're doing with the school is much more uh, of our own uh, of our own volunteering. Um, and um, so it's a it's a little bit in that re- in that regard. But some of the things, you know, sometimes you can be at home and still not be present. And um, and when you're when when this is happening, this this device, this cell phone, you know, is is a beautiful thing, but um, it's you know, uh, it it can be a good thing. It can also be a bad thing. And I think that there's a there's an opportunity of self improvement for me of really probably just leaving that in the other room. A lot of times, um, there's there's an um, um, and trying to be better. You know, when when I was playing, I, it, the cell phone stayed in the locker room. And I'd go to meetings, I go to practice. I was, I was there, I was in the moment. And sometimes I'm home, um, but my phone is in my pocket and then, and I'm, and it rings and I don't always do as good of a job as I should of declining that call because I'm having a conversation with my son. I'm hearing about my daughter's day at school. Um, you know, but sometimes, sometimes there's calls that you have to take, but I, I need to do a better job certainly of probably screening some things and, and being more intentional with my, with my time. Um, but we're always improving, always trying to get better. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Just always living in the present moment. I think for all of us is number one, right? Just, uh, right. The gift trying to be here. Yeah. My daughter's my oldest is a freshman. She's a freshman at quarter Christ. We've got four years left and, and then, you know, I've, we have to make the most of this opportunity of the time that we have while they're while they're just living in the house. And I've, I've changed my tune a little bit. She wants to stick around for a couple of years um, after graduating and, and, and maybe stay at the house. I'm not quite as against it as I maybe was, as I maybe was at one point now that her leaving is becoming more of a reality. Yeah. It's got to happen at some point, but yeah. Well, Kellen, we uh, appreciate this time and, um, as we close, we just want to ask you if there's anything else that you would like to share with people and how they can keep up with uh, Coeur de Christ and, and your activities. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, so Coeur de Christ actually, and you guys have been on the website. I, our, the president of school um, does a phenomenal job of, of getting marketing out there. Um, we've got an Instagram and um, some other social media type things. And then there's always updates and posts and stuff on the website. Um, so certainly can follow through that. I don't do any of the social media stuff, um, Instagram or Twitter or any of that. I, again, part of divorcing myself from that device as much as I can. Um, so I don't, I don't do any of that, but, but, you know, for anyone who, who is listening um, in regards to quarter Christ, this is, it's a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. I, I would invite and ask you to, to get on the website um, at quarterchrist.org. Um, check it out. Check out what we're doing. Um, and please just just keep us in your prayers because it's it's not easy and it is a fight. And we are we are taking the fight to the enemy it, in 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 what we're doing up here and and fighting for the souls of these beautiful young people and trying to 
continue to do things that are true, good, and beautiful um, in this in this school and in this community. So, um, if for those that are out there listening, um, if if you would keep us in your prayers, I would be greatly appreciated. I uh, would greatly appreciate it. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, and if anybody certainly has any questions, um, then I believe my email is even on there. Please reach out and, and um, we'd love to share more details about it. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And as I said, it's, it's, it's being led by the Holy Spirit. And, um, and we're just blessed to be playing a very, very small role in, uh, in what we're doing. And any encouragement for men too is since we're in many of us are in leadership positions in our families, prayer advice or anything you'd like to say. You know, here's very early. I'll, I'll bring this. I'll bring this back to athletics because when I was, gosh, I was a freshman in high school, and and I, I've got, I've been fortunate to be blessed with some, some level of athletic ability. I can throw a football pretty decent. Um, at one point in my life now shoulder says no, but at one point I was, I was halfway decent. Um, and I started sharing with, um, I was sharing with someone that, you know, I thought I I might want to do this beyond high school. Um, or even at that point, I want to be the starting quarterback at my high school. Um, and, it was my dad at the time. It was my dad. And he, he was like, well, what are you going to, like, what are you going to do? And I said, well, so-and-so is doing this and, and this person is doing this. And I kind of looked around at what other people was doing. And he, and he looked at me, he said, is that your, like, is that your ceiling? Is that your, is that your goal? Is that what you want to attain? And it, and it wasn't, I wanted, I wanted to go D1. I wanted to give myself the opportunity to maybe play in the NFL. And he said, if you want to do that, then you can't, you, you're not going to be able to achieve those goals and stay comfortable. You need to get uncomfortable with what you're doing and you need to be willing to do things that are uncomfortable and you need to be willing to do things that go against the grain a little bit and, and are different. And, 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 and that applies, you know, our goal, our ultimate goal is heaven. And as, and as parents, our ultimate goal, the thing that we pledged at each of our child's baptism was I'm going to do everything that I can to make this child ready to know, love, and serve God so that they can one day rejoin him in heaven. Like that's the that's the oath that we took at our child's baptism. And if we look around and we're just doing what everybody else is doing, are we and we're not willing to make un we're not willing to make ourselves uncomfortable. If we're not willing to make certain sacrifices, then is it really realistic that we could expect anything different than what everybody else is doing? We have to be willing to make sacrifices. We have to be willing to be uncomfortable. We have to be willing to make the tough decisions for our family in order to achieve that ultimate goal. And that's, you know, I, I'm no, I'm no saint. I'm not a perfect father. I'm far from a perfect husband. Um, but that's one of the principles that that myself and some of the other men that I've met up here have, have talked about quite a bit. Um, the group that I talked that I mentioned earlier about the men's group in San Diego um, is just such a beautiful, beautiful group. We talked about it down there, and I think that's 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 the challenge right now for men is step up and and make the hard decisions and make the sacrifices and and really commit you're either in or you're out it's it's not luke you can't be lukewarm in this fatherhood or husbanding thing you just can't 
it's not gonna it's not gonna work yeah you have to be uncomfortable because you're either going down the escalator or you're going up the escalator right and you, you want to keep <laughs> you want to keep going up you want to keep going up and it's easier you know it's it's easier going it's easier to walk downhill than it is to walk uphill it is but we're our our goal is at the top of the mountain so put your big boy pants on and let's go well said amen well randy great way to end do you want to lead us in prayer to close out i would love to in the name of the father the son and all these spirit amen Lord Jesus, we thank you for Callan, and we pray for his ministry, for his family commitments, for his commitment to you, his faith, Lord. We just pray for all that he does, for you and for your vineyard. We pray for some of our, we pray for all of our podcast listeners out there that, that might be hearing us. We pray that something that we might have said would lead them closer to you. We ask this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Holy Mary Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and Father, the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Thank you again, Kellen, for your time. It was great talking with you. Thank you so very much. Great to be on. Thank you both. It was very nice to meet you. <laughs>